from the Bibbs Music Room. I'm your host, Bibbs, and here we're going to talk about music, inspiration, life, and everything in between. Now, here we go in three, two, one. All right, so we're rolling. So today we're joined with Chris. Hello. How's Hello. it going? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. How are you guys? Yeah, we're, we're doing, doing good. good. All right. Uh, we'll jump right into it. Um, so do you want to just give a brief introduction of who you are, what you do? Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, my name is Chris Tellerico. I am 24 years old, living here in Nazareth, PA. Um, I am a chemist, weirdly enough, for Crayola. Uh, that's actually my job. I'm a lab technologist over there. Um, but music has always been a hobby and has really been such a passion in my life. So it's very cool to have that kind of balance. I feel like Brian May with the whole PhD in astrophysics. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, not a PhD student yet, but uh, maybe one day we'll get there, I guess. <laughs> Brian May has like, I think he has like the, the best title because now he's rock legend, <laughs> astro, like, like doctor i guess he has phd yeah. so it's he's the rock legend sir because he also got knighted so the rock legend <laughs> sir doctor like, mr professor yeah, yeah. Brian. it's great he, he has, like, he has like, the yeah. best title i feel like we have so much to get to because you do so much um oh, i want to start with that uh crayola part yeah um because my brother uh, was a crayonologist at Crayola. He did the shows. Yeah. He, did, he you know. Um, so what do you do exactly there? I yeah, so my official position is lab technologist, but uh -huh. I guess the easy way to like explain to people is just saying like it's a chemist. So really I do a lot of benchtop chemical work behind the scenes. So my main job is reformulation and uh, kind of optimization. So hmm. any product we make is either testing new ingredients or testing new formulas hmm. or kind of stuff like that. It's funny, I work in a really big rainbow colored building like in the hmm. middle of the woods. So like people don't <laughs> believe it, but like you'll see it driving down Bushkill Drive and we're just, uh, yeah, we're over yeah, there. That so is, it's so funny. I'm pretty sure it's the building. Is it right next to, there's like... Um, the river that runs yes. down and it's right mm -hmm. by like the Easton building. I walk, I r walk and run that path all the time and I always go by. Oh, and I get like, out of I here. I wonder what's in that building. Yeah, yeah, that's so us. You're, you're <laughs> it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> when you're, um, when you're like testing like the different like ingredients and stuff, mm -hmm. what are the other ingredients you're testing like? What are they like supposed to be used for? Like different ingredients for that? Like yeah, uh, it kind of depends on the day. That's the thing that I love about the job is that like every single day, you never know what's going to happen. So like one day could be very crayon specific and it's kind of testing things to see uh, without going into too much detail. But like just like testing different colors to see if we can get matches or testing different ingredients for stability to make sure the crayons are up to par with the rest okay. of them that we've made and stuff. So... It does have to do with cost savings, but not in the sense of, like, we need cheaper ingredients. Cost savings in the sense of, like, what's going to help us over time, necessarily. So, okay. it's not always to save money. Sometimes it's more of a, like, if this works really well, but it ends up being expensive, like, we'd rather have a quality product over time than opposed to, like, something that's going to deteriorate yeah. as we go right. and stuff like that. But so yeah. do you like Crayola? Are you happy with that? Or do you want to like branch out into other companies or? Definitely. It was funny because like when I started, um, a question that I had gotten with coworkers was like, oh, how long do you plan on staying here? Like as like a starter job and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh no, like I'm like, I'm planning on staying here until <laughs> yeah. you guys get rid of me or uh -huh. until like, you know, anything happens. But, um, I, every single day is so much fun and all my coworkers are really cool. It's like, it's different walks of life for sure. But um, we connect on so much. I have musician friends from Crayola, which is really cool. So 
um, we've been able to uh, to kind of talk about that, and they've actually come to see a couple shows and stuff already, which is really nice. And then um, just life in general too, and everything we bond over. So mm-hmm. it is. It's a big family. I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm lucky to be a part of it, but mm-hmm. it's fun. Plus, when you found your place already, you're only 24. I know, right? It's very lucky. I don't know yeah. how it uh, how it happened. When I was up at Penn State, I had gotten the uh, the call for that interview, and I remember being like, "If anything works out, I hope it's Crayola," and, mm-hmm. it, and it did. It worked out. So I was like, "And it's close to home." And it's close to home. No, 100 was like, great." So it is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's awesome. You said um, shows. You're, are you playing shows now? Uh, I would like to be playing more shows, but mm-hmm. uh, nothing really live right now. It's more of kind of on my own. I I guess from the music standpoint, I look at it as two separate ways. There's the Billy Joel approach or the Elton John approach <laughs> where you either release a ton of albums and see if anything sticks, which is Elton John, or you re- like really fine-tune everything and release only a couple studio albums like mm-hmm. Billy Joel. Uh, I've taken the Elton John approach, so I'm working on album number 11 right now. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully that'll, uh, hopefully something will catch on. I don't know. I've been lucky, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, something I wanted to ask was, uh, like with the whole like recording all the albums like all by yourself, mm-hmm. You know how to play a lot of instruments, right? I do, yeah, nine. Uh, hopefully Ex- learning ten soon. Can you yeah. explain how you got into playing that many instruments? Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's funny. Well, I guess music really started for me at a really, really young age. So the first instrument was electric guitar because I was like, um, I, I wanted to play something and that worked out really well. I remember, I don't remember the exact day, but I remember the age. It was I was in first grade going into second grade. It was that summer. We had gone to my dad's uh, friend's house from work and his son uh, and I were getting along really well. And he was like, hey, you got to check out this new video game I have. It's called Guitar Hero. And I was like, I had never heard of that. And I was like, "Okay, sure. And uh, I remember being in his living room and he gave me the guitar and it started with Shout at the Devil by Motley Crue. Mm. And I remember... The second those notes came down that track, I was like, I want to do this in person for sure. Like, I, I got to do this in real life. And so I had gotten the game that Christmas and then had gotten a guitar the summer of second grade going into third grade and took lessons starting in August. And from there, it kickstarted everything else. And so I had taken lessons uh, that summer of second grade going into third grade. And as I went along... I was like, I love the guitar and I love being able to play, but I was always fascinated by like orchestras and bands and stuff like that. And I was like, I would love to be able to write. Although I guess at that point in time, I didn't realize that I wanted to write. And for me, it was just like, I want to make music for everything. And so I was like, I want to learn all these instruments. Um, And I've kind of picked them up as I've uh, I've gone along and stuff. I'm self-taught on basically everything. Uh, I've taken guitar lessons and then... Tuba, I'd say, is the most obscure one that I have. I was talked into doing that uh, with the band, but it, it was a fun time doing that with uh, with the high school and stuff. And I had taken lessons uh, through high school. With so, what are all the actual instruments that you know how to play? Yeah, all of them together is uh, it's guitar, bass, guitar, piano, a little bit of drums, but not like you, Tyler. <laughs> um, harmonica, uh, accordion, tuba. What else am I missing? This is the problem I run into is like, I think I've, it's a blessing and a curse is that I've cursed myself by not remembering all of them all at the same time. Um, I've messed around with like an ocarina. You guys know like the hand flutes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've done stuff like that. I've always wanted to like mic it up and record it. Um, but it's more of just like a, for me playing thing. And then I have a violin at home that I'm hoping to Mm -hmm. start 
working with and start playing. Have you ever well. thought about trying out didgeridoo? I would love to. I, even that or like a rain stick, like anything yeah. that I get to <laughs> yeah. just like, I love that. That's the biggest thing too with my, a lot of my albums now. I feel like I like having the kind of ambient like sound effects stuff in the mm-hmm. background. And so like that works so well with it because of that like drone yeah. tone of everything. I, mm-hmm. I really do. I love it. I would love to get into something like that. That'd be cool. So when you're trying to pick which instrument to learn next, is it based mm-hmm. off like what music you're trying to create or you're like, you know, I just want to rack up as many instruments as I can. Yeah, I think it's a little mixture of both. I think it it depends on what the focus for the album. It's funny because when I first started the albums, um, I don't think it really was a focus. It was just like, let's see if I can make music. And then I started doing it. But with the last couple, I've been trying to work towards more concept based albums or at least some kind of theme overall. Um, and with that, I do try and get specific instruments so it's fun to see if i can match that but then the other side of that is growing up i've always felt like as opposed to me focusing in one aspect of life i've always loved to do like the whole like jack of all trades thing where you learn as much as you can everywhere and like Mm -hmm. that's kind of i feel like how i've been so i think that plays a big part into it as well where i was like i love being able to play and focusing on one instrument but if i can learn by the time I'm like 65, if I have like 30 instruments, I feel like that'd be really cool. <laughs> it's a goal to work towards. I was like, I don't know. You'll eventually be like, uh, sorry for cutting you off. You'll eventually be like, um, I forget his name. He's one of those like those music YouTubers, and he just like learns how to play like every instrument. Yeah. I don't. Know, I can't remember his name right now, but like he knows how to play so many instruments. He'll mm-hmm. p- he'll pick up like any random instrument, and it'll be like a some like like flute drum instrument from Africa <laughs> and like he won't even know the name of it he'll be like I wouldn't even have guessed it's an instrument when mm-hmm. I saw it and then like they'll be like oh this is how you play it and he's like oh this is like the 15 other instruments I can play and he just plays it perfectly <laughs> so eventually it could be like that you'll be like I can't play this instrument but I basically know how to play it because I know how to play everything else Great. that's the goal is to at least have like a basic song on a little of everything like, yeah. i think that'd be so much fun to do something like that so and i feel like it kind of works out right because i feel like if you have the notes on one instrument it's not going to change from instrument to instrument so it's just a matter yeah. of how you find those notes in yeah. what you're doing and then kind of going from there so yeah would you say you also have a wide range of music taste? Yeah, I think going, uh, well, listening to you guys for the first album, I know you guys were talking about your music taste and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think me and you, Tyler, align very well where it's like anything and everything. Like there is nothing yeah. I will not listen to. Um, there's stuff that I prefer for sure. Um, yeah. But I will listen to absolutely anything. I think my Spotify playlist look really weird because of that. Yeah, People don't do expect too. it, right? Yeah. Because you'll get in the car and it'll be like Metallica and then it will jump to like BTS like k-pop and then it will jump to like george Strait, like country and then all in one playlist so it's it's like a yeah it's crazy any rap in there oh definitely rap as well i can't go wrong with like run dmc or like a tribe called quest like the old old rap and stuff Mm -hmm. is definitely what i uh what i prefer but there's some new guys i like out there too and girls Mm -hmm. as well and everything Nicki minaj genius you can't (laughs) queen Nicki. you know how can you not Would you also say that's the same for like, seeing live music? Like, do you want to go to every concert? Or is there, like, a specific type of music you prefer to see? Yeah, oh, live? definitely. The battle I'm fighting right now is Taylor Swift. But I think everybody's <laughs> in that boat. So it's like, you know, I can't get tickets to mm-hmm. uh, to see her. And third, uh, third-party market stuff is uh, is crazy right yes, now. But yeah. I've uh, I've been lucky with that, too. I think I'm almost at 75 concerts I've been wow. to so far, wow. I think. And it's ranged from – my first concert was Aerosmith, which is my favorite band. So I was very lucky for that. But, um, 
Yeah, I've seen T-Pain. I've seen Busta Rhymes. I haven't seen... I don't know if I've seen specifically country shows, but I would love to. Kelsey Ballerini is somebody I've been getting really into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolly Parton. Love Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Having not love Dolly Parton. So if she ever tours again, definitely want to see her. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say I, I try to. I, I don't think I'd deny a concert. If anybody's like, let's go see a show, I'd be like, let's do it. You know, whatever <laughs> yeah. it ends up being. Let's yeah, do it. I'm... I'm- very similar in that way. Like, Ew. if it's if it's free music, it's free music, right? That's what or I'm saying. Or even if it's not free, like if it's just like if you're being introduced to new mu- mm-hmm. to new music, like why not? Like, yeah. the worst that's gonna happen is it's not your thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the best that could happen is you just either be, like got into a new genre mm-hmm. or a whole new band, and that's always fun diving into new music like that. Oh, definitely. There's so many times where like I'll go for the headliner mm-hmm. and then i have no idea who's opening and then i like <laughs> kick myself because i'm like man i should have researched and like known their songs because i love them and i want to see them again to, because i want to see them while knowing their songs oh 100 you know? yeah. i fall into that so many times mm-hmm. where it's like the not that the uh the headliner is not good but like the mm-hmm. opener is like so good that yeah. it's like whoa like this was mm-hmm. crazy yeah. yeah that i didn't know about yeah, them exactly. beforehand no 100 percent and um, something I want to I want to talk about. I know you definitely remember this when we saw Sticks at Music Fest. Oh yeah, that crazy show where um, like uh, who was who was opening? Was it Joan Jett and the Blackhearts? Yeah, Joan Jett. <laughs> oh yeah, like she's what like in her sixties now, mm-hmm. but she she looks so good for being sixty. Like she she still has like a very young look to her and sounds just yeah, like sounds she did. just like she did like back in like the 80s it's crazy no it absolutely is that was such a funny show too because we had gotten the tickets not knowing that we were gonna be there right because it was you and nick were going and stuff yeah. like that. that was and the not, funniest not thing not only were we at the same concert we were in the same row in the like, same like row five seats over from right each next other. to each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's but, um, from poured too yeah like drenched uh, in the rain i remember like oh, the man. last couple songs it was like oh what were the last few it was like I think for like Crystal Ball, it started drizzling a little oh, bit, yeah. and then for Come Sail Away, <laughs> like it was like a cloud fell out of the sky. It was it a great came, effect. I came, don't know how they yeah, did it, but yeah, it, it made the show so much better. Oh yeah, like by the end of it, because like I guess it was like a parking lot where like that is set up. Mm-hmm. So the parking lot, it's not perfectly flat, and towards the center of it, kind of caves in a little bit. <laughs> so when it's pouring out, and you're in an area that caves in. <laughs> like we were in like like shin deep water by the end of it uh i will never forget that yeah by the time renegade rolled around yeah that was it we were sailing yeah. away so it was like all right but that was a good show yeah, like all the instruments they weren't playing they were like covering with like tarps and stuff so they weren't getting like like all like wet i give them credit thankfully they have the the overhang yes they didn't have to like cancel the show or like, anything yeah man i don't know to hold that much electrical equipment in pouring yeah. rain scares me then that's yeah. crazy all right so you, would you say out of all the instruments guitar mm-hmm. is like your main yeah definitely okay. it's the one i've been playing the longest mm-hmm. and i feel like it's um i think i'm more able to express myself with it although i feel like pianos come to be a very close second as well i feel mm-hmm. like i find myself playing piano a whole lot more um i guess in my quote professional music life i've played bass more than anything else which is really funny i've been hired um by the high school to play bass for like a couple of theater shows and um Mm. and stuff like that so i feel like that's the one that i've played professionally the most but i would say guitar is my main for sure and my favorite so i don't did you do school of rock 
Is that how? Weirdly enough, I did, but it was only for one show. Oh. I actually, I did the uh, the Black Keys versus the White Stripes um, years ago. That was the first time I ever played with other musicians ever. That was my first live show ever. My first time I ever collaborated with anybody. Um, so it was really cool. That kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone there because I wasn't super into the idea of it. Um, but as I was working through that show, I was like, this is really cool. I hope yeah. I get to do this again. And then Block of Rock rolled around the high school and yeah. it worked out. So it was funny. And I know you said you're a kind of a jack of all trades. When, if you were to, you know, do more live music and stuff, mm -hmm. do you want to do like a whole solo show of just you? Or do you like that band aspect of it? I think I like the band aspect. It's weird because I do like writing by myself. Um... But I would never, like, turn away, like, collaboration and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I think playing live, I would like to have other people with me. I just feel like I get more energy from yeah, the people that definitely. are on stage with me. So I think it's easier for me to play with other people than um, trying to do, like, an Ed Sheeran, like, solo yeah. uh, solo tour and stuff like that. I'm, I'm thirsty. I'm, I want to. Okay, my okay. mouth is like really dry right now. <laughs> okay. What was it? Um, okay. So I've heard, mm -hmm. and I, Tyler, we have watched you on Family Feud. <laughs> mm -hmm. We got to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he told me that, I was like, no. And then we pulled up your episode, and we and I was like, oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. There's yeah. multiple, <laughs> there <was> multiple episodes. <laughs> yeah. Three episodes. So, uh... Um, how how was your interaction with Steve Harvey? Like, what 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 is what is it like? He there? is the funniest man yeah. on the entire planet. Like, absolutely hysterical. In between the filming and everything, because that was the cool thing that we got to see. That I like. I don't know. I guess I assumed, but never really new because I never experienced it but um the shows are only half an hour but we film for probably like two hours I would say each oh, episode wow. um and in between those commercial breaks he does stand up for like the audience oh the really? was, like for us was made up of the other families that were gonna play mm -hmm. on the show which was really cool um and so we played three games but we filmed probably close to like 12, I would oh, say, wow. all in total and everything. Not with us on stage, but like us in the audience and oh, the okay. ones on okay. stage. Like 12 gotcha. in total that we were on that set for, basically. Gotcha. Um, but that whole experience was uh, was a once-in-a-lifetime. It was really funny because growing up, we've always watched game shows, me and my family. Mm -hmm. And we've always been super into it. Um, and I remember right around that time that all happened, we were like, we should try and apply for fun. And we were like, yeah, let's see what happens. And I remember I applied, I think for one or two for a couple people in the family. And then my sister really was the mastermind behind all of it. She, uh, she applied us for family feud and she was like, we're going to like see what happens. And so she wrote, um, I remember this big like essay and it was like a paragraph on each of us explaining kind of our lives and what we did. Um, and they had asked for a video and we were like, now nah, we're just going to send in just the essay and stuff like that. So she had filled everything out, sent it in. And then January, we got a call from the producers and they were like, Hey, we'd love to give you an audition to see what happens. And we were like, Whoa, we didn't think we were going to get that far, <laughs> but now here we are. So, um, we had a zoom audition. We played a fake uh, game of the show and uh, from there, they were like, ah, if we like you guys, we'll call you back. You know, we'll move forward and everything. And for us, we were kind of like, the audition went well. But we were like, ah, that was kind of the end of the road. We were like, this is cool. We got to say we auditioned for a game show. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then me and Andrew had come home from Penn State one weekend in March. 
And I remember it was like nine o'clock. My dad got a phone call and jokingly, he was like, oh, it's family feud. And we were like, that was good. And he picks up and I remember him being like, what? <laughs> and sure enough, he was like, he put him on speaker and he was like, can you say that again? And the guy was like, hey, this is, uh, you know, one of the guys from the show and everything. We're flying you out to Atlanta, Georgia. You guys are going to play the show. And we were like, oh my God. <laughs> And, uh, and lo and behold, we flew out to Atlanta and we got to, uh, we got to film a couple episodes. So it was a lot of fun. It was a crazy experience. I, I still don't believe that it happened, but, um, TV reminds me, <laughs> I guess that it did, but, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. What are the nerves like on set? Not like, as bad as you would really? think, actually. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember it being too crazy. I think it's the initial shock when you walk into that set yeah. for the first time, which is also really funny because, like, you guys know the, um, like, those cargo hangers they have. Like, you'll see on the back of trains, those big, like, yeah. metal boxes. All right, so you stack, like, six of those up and then across, and that was basically, like, the set. So it was, like, a hollowed-out, like, oh, cargo thing, right? And that was, hmm. like, the uh, like the waiting room for us and uh -huh. everything. And then we'd move over to a building where you get like the makeup and everything done and then you uh and then you go on set but the set's really tiny it's funny it's uh you know you expect this like uh just like massive like warehouse of like a thing you know mm -hmm. set up and everything but it was pretty tiny but i think walking in there i was like well this is real like this is this is actually gonna happen but then um i think it also helped that we weren't the first family to play as you soon got, as we you got, got to watch there. it beforehand we did we watched okay. some of the other episodes filmed so we kind of got used to it um I think the biggest shock reaction was not fear, but was more excitement when Steve walked out for the first time. Because we were like, wow, like here he is. Like he's actually like here in person with us now. So did you meet him before he came out? Or did you like meet him and see him for the first time? Like when he walked out to like introduce you guys and stuff like that? Yeah, the first time when he uh, when he introduced everybody for that first game that we got to watch, that was when we had, uh, that's when we first saw him, when we first met him. It was funny though, when we had filmed, we filmed over a couple days um, because of just the schedule that it worked out with. Um, I think it was the second day we saw a Bentley pull up and we were like, that's him. And sure enough, he got out and it was just him. He wasn't in the suit. It was just like the casual clothes and stuff. And we were like, okay. So we like, we got to see him uh, offset and onset a little bit, which was really funny. Um, and I remember the best part was his Bentley, the way that the front of that car is set up looks like it has a mustache like him. So oh, I was really? like, that's gotta be his car. And sure enough, it was. So <laughs> Like that, that checks out. It's weird to think that Steve Harvey doesn't wear suits like out places. Like, I can only imagine him with a suit on. That's what I'm saying, right? The, like, the bright neon, like, uh, yeah. all the crazy colors like, and everything. In, in my mind, he's not allowed to wear like a t shirt and jeans. Like, that's just <laughs> yeah. not allowed. He has to wear a suit and tie. Like, fancy shoes and stuff. It's like the reverse of Adam Sandler. Like, could you ever see yeah. Adam Sandler in a suit? Like, that's, like, yeah, kind of crazy, I, I right? See, like, it's yeah. just, like, he just doesn't seem like that kind of guy. It's funny. So Adam it's Sandler's, like, the uh, t-shirt and sweatpants type of guy. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, it's so funny, though. But, uh, no, he was great. The whole cast and crew of the whole show was awesome. Uh, the producers were really, really nice and everything. And it was... Uh, we were very lucky. And it was cool because I got to have that moment with my family. And so it's something we always look back on. The only bad thing was my youngest brother, unfortunately, wasn't able to play with us. Um, but he did fly down with us. And he was with my grandparents while we were uh, while we were filming the show and everything. But for the five of us to have the pictures we took and, and those memories and everything is, like, is the yeah. coolest part of the whole experience for sure. Do you put that on a resume? Like... All the things you've done, and then it's just family. They wanted me to. My brother and sister wanted me to. And then my friends from Penn State were like, you got to put this, especially for when I applied to Crayola. Yeah. Um, but I did not. I was like, I didn't. But mm -hmm. as we 
went along with Crayola. I've almost been there a year now. Next month will be a year. Um, it was a couple months in until they found out. And then when they found out, everybody started finding out. And so it was everybody started pulling it up on YouTube. And they were like, were you on television? And I was like, I, maybe. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> so when you were, like, on set, like, mm-hmm. you said it was, like, like nerves, but, like, more like excitement nerves. What would you compare that to with playing, like, a set on a stage or at, like, some sort of event? Like, what's, like, the comparison between those two? Definitely. Because me, me personally... I've never been on, like, any kind of TV set like Mm -hmm. that. So, like, I don't know what the difference would be between, like, me playing in front of people for, like, a performance Mm -hmm. or being filmed. Because I feel like like the filming part would make me nervous. It's not live, right? Like, if there are outtakes, can (laughs) can you cut? Yes. Okay. And unfortunately, that is kind of a downside. We had a lot of funny moments that unfortunately did not make the show. But it's, like, good stuff that we have on, uh, you know, just, like, memories and stuff like that. But comparing it to live music, it's really funny. I... To this day, no matter how many shows I've played, uh, music-wise and everything, I'm terrified before I before mm-hmm. I go on stage and everything. Um, to the point where I like overthink things sometimes, and I'm like, I don't know if I really should be doing this. But then, as soon as the first note hits, everything kind of goes away. Um, for the TV set, I feel like it was. I don't know. I think it might have been just because it was a game show yeah. that I didn't feel nerves it was more excitement because it was like all right cool like no matter what's going to happen our main goal here is like just to try and win this and like let's see what we can what we can pull off and everything um and i think it's i don't know i don't want to say that i'm not myself on stage but i think there is more energy in a performance so it's kind of like a facade almost on mm-hmm. stage but with Family Feud, it was like, this is just me. Like, they just wanted to hear about who we were kind of thing. Yeah. So it was a little bit easier because it was like, I didn't have to, like, put on, like, an act of any kind to be like, oh, like, some crazy stuff and everything. Like, it was cool because they chose us because they just liked us. So it was like, all right. So we just got to kind of to be ourselves and uh, and kind of be, like, crazy with everything and kind of be funny. And, like, if anything had gotten messed up they were like oh this is cool because it makes good tv and everything mm-hmm. whereas a performance like if something goes wrong it's kind of like it sticks with me and i'm like oh like yeah. i wish i could have fixed that right. like I, there's nothing yeah. we can do and i think the cutting and the editing helps with that as well mm-hmm. like live music there's no editing it like it's just yeah. whatever people see they see yeah. but with tv it's like oh if there is a mistake like don't worry but like there's a chance that it's not even gonna happen yeah. okay anyway, so and um, um i heard a rumor i forget where but i heard a rumor that um like, your brother was acting like like you were definitely going to win this really easily. And I heard that they told him to, like, really play into that and, like, act as almost like, like a snobby, like, smart kid almost. Is that is that true? It was so funny. Andrew, uh, Andrew has so much energy. And so when he hit the set, it came out uh, to, like, the absolute max level. And the producer <laughs> loved it so much that they wanted him to, like, play that out to okay. uh to like no end and everything so he was definitely like very confident and hit again in there and went uh to like the maximum andrew basically that's how i kind of uh how i kind of see it and what's funny about it though is is like the reception to it is people i guess i guess it's hard to right because you see somebody on television and you don't know anything else about them so what you see is just how you perceive they are mm-hmm. and so Andrew got hit with like backlash from the comments. Yeah, and stuff I heard like about that. that. Yeah, yeah, and it's upsetting because it's like we know obviously that like, is the behind the scenes how... type of thing, like, like what yeah. it was all about. No, but I guess some people perceive it as that's just 
how he is. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And it's it's hard because it's those two forces, like, going at each other. And, like, the brother in me is like, hey, back off. Like, leave it. But, like, I know better than to, like, get involved with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, all right, we let it go. You know, they think what they want to think. And it's kind of, and that's it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I understand that they, this is what they see. This is mm-hmm. how they see it and everything. Yeah. But the people that know us know us. So yeah. it's like, I don't, yeah, I try not to like, let it bother me You're that signing much. up for a little bit of that, at least to be open to public perception when you're on national television. Yeah, I think that was actually circling back around. I think that was the most nerves. It wasn't performing. It was how are we going to, how are people going to see us and be like, whoa, like what's going on here? You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. That is definitely kind of scary, I think. But uh, yeah, I think the best thing we can do is just kind of like, hey, we had a lot of fun. The only thing that matters is that we were together and we got to do this as a family and have fun. And uh it's cool to come back home and talk to talk to friends and family mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And then, you know, the rest of everybody that sees it will think what they think, but it's all right. <laughs> you mentioned how you get fairly nervous when you're mm-hmm. about to perform. Is there any performance in particular where your nerves were at an all-time high or, like, you felt a lot of pressure? Yeah. Um, like weirdly enough, I guess to start it off, I'll talk about one that I wasn't. And I don't know why, because I should have been, but... <laughs> It was high school graduation I was able to perform at Stabler Arena over here, um, which is the biggest show I've done to date. It was a little over 6,000 people, I think they said. And we played Free Bird by Leonard Skinner. And at the end, my friend smashed my guitar. I was so there. We, I saw that. It was awesome. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, that performance. And that, no nerves at all, which was weird because I was like, this is the most people I've played for. Mm-hmm. And like is being filmed. So I feel like if anything, that should have more of like a, uh, like an effect, but it didn't. But the mm-hmm. one that I was the most nervous for was not veg stock this past year, the one two years ago. So oh, really? that would have been 2021, I believe that was the one I was the most nervous for. And I don't really know why I couldn't tell you why to be completely honest with you. I think it was because at that point it had been so long since I had played a live show because mm. it was after the pandemic and it was, yeah. you know, after everything like that. Um, the first year at VegStock, we had done it was right after graduation almost kind of yeah. thing. So, like, for me, it was like, okay, I had performed in high school, so that wasn't too crazy. But I think that was – that might have been the first show back, um, which I guess could have had something to play into it. But that was the one that I was definitely the most nervous for, um, which I shouldn't have been. It was awesome. But, <laughs> but I think that was uh, – yeah, that was the show. Yeah, well, I'm excited to uh, keep heading back to uh, VegStock because those shows are always very, very fun. Oh, it's so much fun. And I just, thank you for continually uh, doing it with us and stuff like that. It's, it's such a good time. And I feel like I if I went out there by myself, it would not be a show. But when we all get together and stuff, it's just yeah. an awesome time. It really, and I, really I is. I love how we're able to get together with, like, different people every time. So it's mm-hmm. like, like you're always part of it. Like I'm always part of it, but like everybody else, it's like, we get to bring other people that like, whoever kind of wants to hop on with us is able to share that experience with us. I really like that. Like, no, 100%. And it gives like, like you said, I think it's cool because we kind of have the spotlight on a bunch of local musicians as opposed to just yeah. like one band, which wouldn't be bad either, but I'm just, but just, it's cool that we get to bring in different right. views yeah. and our set list has changed so much oh, every yeah. year that we've done it. So it's cool. I'll ask both of you guys since you both do that. Um, so when you're working with a band, I assume you're building this chemistry, you know, mm-hmm. so like every show you kind of are able to work together. When you just bring in, ra- not random, but like new people mm-hmm. to within a couple weeks make a show, what's that process like, you know, because you don't have much time to really form that chemistry all together? 
Yeah. Uh, Tyler, do you want to uh, talk on that first? Do you want me to share sure. first? Like, I definitely have had a lot of experience. Like, I don't know how my experience compared to your experiences because mm-hmm. I just don't know how, how many people you've, like, played with overall. Mm-hmm. But me, mainly from going through School of Rock and playing with so many people, mm-hmm. I've kind of learned how to, um, like, learn and work with people of all different backgrounds and like all different amounts of experience and like skill level and stuff. So for me, like um, me personally, if I'm playing with somebody and like we're not connecting that much with me playing the way I do and them playing the way that they do, I've grown to have the ability to kind of match them and listen and learn how they play. And I'll try to line up with that as best as I can. But when it's a whole band of people that's kind of doing it differently like let's say like like you and me obviously have Mm -hmm. like experience playing together so you and me are gonna be like locked in for a show but let's say we have like a new singer and a new bass player Mm -hmm. and maybe even like another rhythm guitarist we never played with yeah like sometimes i could be locking in with like one or two of them maybe not like another one so with that i feel like Mm -hmm. with like the rehearsal time we kind of like work around that Mm -hmm. And try to um, almost get through it the quickest way possible. Because, like, sometimes, like, we've... I think, like, the the least amount of practices we've had before VegSlock was, what, like, two or three? I think so, right? Like, yeah. like a very small amount of practices. Like, mm-hmm. there's been times where, like, um, in that short amount of time, I've had to really think and learn how am I going to be playing with these people and how are we going to really lock in together. Mm-hmm. So I feel like... As I've been playing with a lot of people, I get better at kind of doing that at a quick pace. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I play with somebody once or twice, like, I, from that amount of time, I get a pretty good idea of how to, like, lock in with them. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like, for me, it's not really that big of a an issue with, like, new people. Mm-hmm. But it also varies depending on, like, different skill levels and stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, uh, what are your, like, thoughts on that? I think it's exactly the same, actually. <laughs> okay. It's funny that you say that. I know, I agree. Because I think it's one of those things where it's, like... I am, I think, more excited than intimidated for playing with other people and everything. And yeah. Because of it being different backgrounds and stuff, I think it's cool because it allows us to kind of try new things and oh, just yeah. kind of have those new experiences. But I agree, no, just from like a technical aspect, I think it's like we have to see, we have to get together at least once to know where everybody is. Not even just a skill level, it's just like where your mind is at performance-wise. Yeah. And then being able to match that the next time and just kind of lock in all together. I yeah. think it's really cool. And I think the best part about it is, is like, um, and like without sounding like too like corny or like cliche, but like they have that saying where it's like, you never step in like the same river twice. It's like that. I feel like like every time you play with somebody, it's like a different band every single time because yeah. it's just new perspectives. So it's like, no matter what you do or like how many songs or how many people you play with, like, it'll always be different every show. And that's yeah. why I think I've kept up with music for so long. It's, like, to keep chasing that feeling with new people and stuff. So it's very cool. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people that aren't musicians that play with, like, a bunch of people mm-hmm. don't understand, like, the types of differences mm-hmm. and, like, even, like, the small differences about, like, what can change. So, like, even, even if it's, like, it could be, like, okay, like, the guitar player that we're playing with, mm-hmm. like, the way he plays... Like, he likes to play loud. He digs into the strings. So we'll all do, like, kind of go along with that. I'll also play louder, more intensely. 
that'll kind of like make us like in line together sometimes like that'll also make like whoever's playing bass or sing like kind of all like even out like that so it's like mm-hmm. like you kind of learn how you play and like your own like musical personality is based off that stuff mm-hmm. definitely oh you know 100 percent. it's it's very cool it's a very cool experience i feel like to be able to sometimes i wish i could see it from the outside to see yeah. how it like all comes together and everything i feel like um it's hard sometimes because people will see your favorite band or something like that just play but like i would love to sit on on rehearsals for like a lot of different bands yeah. and see how they go from having nothing ready to mm-hmm. now having this crazy yeah. show with all these effects and everything yeah. like that yeah it's very cool well what's your guys's process like so we were t- talking before we started how time is flying by you know mm-hmm. it feels like bitch stock kind of like just happened so you were the last one right yeah okay yeah when do you start you know kind of coming up with a set list and mm-hmm. then do you just send it out make sure everyone learns it and then have you know your one to two practices while when you're learning pretty much how to play with each other and not really focusing on the sound of it, mm-hmm. you know, the notes or whatever. I feel like with VegTalk specifically, uh, it's kind of nice because there always is like a set timeline to it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I always get an email about playing in around August kind of thing. And that's when I reach out to Tyler and then we kind of see who else is, you know, going to fit in the rest of the pieces that we're missing. Um, and I feel like it's gotten easier to set up a show now with just like technology the way it is and just kind yeah. of being able to communicate. Um, I think the best way that we've done it was through Spotify. I think we just set up a playlist and then it's kind of like everybody put in songs and then we'll kind of narrow it down yeah. from there yeah. once we find kind of a direction we want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we have at least an idea of a couple songs, um, I think that's when we start really kind of getting together and then – yeah. Just kind of, I think it is kind of like a one to two practice learning period and then kind of going there and everything. And just kind of finding out people's styles and then we start putting the songs together uh, one by one and stuff. Yeah. And something I also really like about um, playing with people and even having a short like rehearsal time and also um, doing all that stuff with new people or even the same people is, let's say you go to rehearse and somebody doesn't know a part, you get to also not just play together, but know how each other like learn how to play a song and then sometimes that'll unlock like abilities to like new stuff like let's say you teach somebody like oh like you don't know how to like play that line i'll show you how to play that line Mm -hmm. and you play it and then they're like oh that's how you play that they'll play that and then they'll like kind of like go back and forth like that and eventually like that's what's really cool about playing with a bunch of people with different skill levels mm-hmm. is that if you play with somebody that's like skill level might be like less than yours, mm-hmm. you're bringing them up to you. And so if you're playing with somebody that's more advanced, then they're going to bring you up to them from mm-hmm. just sharing each other's knowledge and just like getting to like, getting to play together, getting to like chat about how to do all that stuff, like how to learn songs, how to go about like playing a show and stuff. So it's always very, mm-hmm. very fun. Oh, 100%. I think it's like, gee, I don't know if you find it this way as well, Tyler, but it's like, um, I don't know. I guess there's, there's different perspectives on how to look at live music and some people choose to look at it as like uh you're at a certain skill level and so you'll play with musicians at that skill level and it kind of almost becomes like a competition you know it's like a race to the finish and everything and who's gonna make it big and who's like that but i feel like the position that i try to take on it and have where it's like i don't like the idea of a competition i'd want to play with everybody from any skill level and i would rather do it because there's that opportunity to learn and to kind of i i don't know the way i see it is more like with all these famous guitarists and stuff that I try and copy, you know, with their songs and everything and play their songs. And I feel like it's not like a, Oh, they're so much better than me. I'm never going to reach it. It's kind of like a, this is how they express themselves. 
and I want to be able to express myself like they do, but not exactly as they do. Like in your own way. Yes. Yeah, 100%. If I can reach the point where I can say what I want to say without questioning it, I feel like I've reached that, quote, skill level kind of. Like, I don't see it as like a defined skill level. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I've been playing for 20 years. And so, you know, I play these songs now. It's kind of like a... Everybody has their own pace to it, and I'd rather share that Mm -hmm. as opposed to being like, oh, okay, I'm better than this person. I got to play with, you Mm -hmm. know, with just these people kind of thing. Are there specific artists or bands or guitarists that you kind of inspire to be like, as you were saying, how some of them, you know, they say they're saying something with their music. Which of those artists? Yeah. uh, Number one, especially recently, I think as I've progressed and have been able to kind of tackle more complex songs, um, I think it's evolved a whole lot. Because I remember when I was, when I had first started out, I remember it was the list of people that I knew at that point, I was like, I can never play their music, was Eddie Van Halen, um, a lot of like hard rock guitarists, Kirk Hammett from Metallica. I was like, I'm never going to be able to play any of these songs. But as I've... Uh, as I've moved along, I feel like my my all time idol, who I have been able to meet, uh, was an amazing experience. Was Steve Vai? Um, he Ooh. is the guy that yeah, he is the biggest inspiration to me by far. Um, and I love him to death. His music is not, I feel like the average song that you expect to hear. Yeah. It's, it's it's avant-garde in the sense of like whoa. Like I think people listen to it and it's like, I don't know. I think it it can be confusing to listen to for sure but i love him to death i think he is he's my biggest inspiration and eric johnson i think would be number two for my biggest inspiration um i know his biggest song cliffs of dover is very very popular um but he was always definitely high on the pedestal where i was like if i could ever even attempt to do anything by him i think uh it would be very cool it's a cool feeling to be able to be like okay yeah i can play this song that everybody's like, whoa, like he's like the best of the best kind of thing. You know, it's, it's very cool. But I think those two guys help to kind of shape where I want to go musically uh, currently. And I think as of right now uh, would definitely be like my, my absolute heroes for sure in music. So do you see in the future, future aspirations, just like expanding knowledge wise, working on your albums, mm-hmm. anything else you want to accomplish in the near future when comes to music yeah i think i think you you hit the nail on the head there you know i think i definitely want to just kind of keep broadening my horizons i never want to say no to any kind of opportunity um whether it be moving out of a genre moving into a genre expanding on that kind of thing um and definitely continuing with the album work as well um i don't know if i could find local shows to play at i think it'd be a lot of fun um I don't know. For me personally, I don't see myself as like a traveling musician. I don't really see myself as like moving states kind of thing. But if I could find shows to play in the area, I think it'd be a lot of fun. And just kind of keeping that hobby alive, really. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ever let it die out. So I think that's also why I release so many albums is because it's like, okay, I just want to constantly be playing and constantly bettering myself to to really better the live performances that I get to do. Absolutely. Should I get into the uh, the one the one question that we were talking about a while ago? Oh yes, you can. Yeah, so something that I've not just me, but like everybody that's ever encountered you has noticed <laughs> is that both with your work ethic, 
and just how you are, like, personality-wise, you're literally, like, the nicest person on the planet. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> how, how, just how, 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 do, how do you function as, like, yeah. a nice, you're, how do you function as the nicest like person on the, on the planet? Optimism uh, and, I, like, do you, yeah. is, is there something in, like... Do you wake up in the morning and say a mantra? Like, like, <laughs> is it how you were raised? Like, what is it? Thank you. Uh, it's first not, of not all. just you; it's like your entire family, like, <laughs> like your, your brother and your dad. When they come here, like, yeah. It's like the whole family. Uh, thank you. Well, thank you very, very much. Uh, I don't, I don't know about that, but, uh, but I appreciate that very much. It, the easy answer is my family, one hundred percent. I owe everything that I am and everything that I will become to them. They really are the reason why I wake up so happy and why I go to bed so happy and why. Uh, why I see life as so good. You know what I mean? I'm very lucky in the, in the situation that we're in. I think that um, to be as close knit with my family as I am really drives who I am. Mm-hmm. And so I never want to, uh, it's, it's hard because I never want to come off as like, Oh, everything's perfect all the time. Kind of, you know what I mean? We're all human. So like, we all have like the crazy, like roller coasters of emotion. But I think my, Looking back at how lucky I am and how I've been and just kind of to get to the point where I am now, it kind of puts things in the perspective of like, wow, like things are awesome. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. it's hard because it's like, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging and be like, oh, like my life is perfect and it's better than everybody else's. But I think that's just why I am the way I am is because I've been very lucky and I, I really mm-hmm. appreciate everything that my parents have done, that my whole family has done. Uh, to get us to where we are, and so I feel like I do. I owe everything to them. It's not me. It's uh, they'll say different, but it's mm-hmm. but it's them. It really is them. So yeah, I know that's something that just about everybody that's ever met you is one of them. All like, like yeah. as soon as like like you leave an area, everybody afterwards is like, "How is this kid this nice?" I like, know. I'm, I met you one like, time, and I was like, "He yeah. was just smiling the whole time." Yeah, like, like the, the first the first time she met you, she's like. He's suspiciously nice. Like, <laughs> well, they, I, I was going to say that. Thank you. Because like, I feel like I've gotten both sides of that coin, right? Like I used to work at Barnes & Noble and I will never forget. Um, It stuck with me because I was like, oh man, like I don't want to like come off that way. But like I remember, you know, working um behind the counter and stuff like that. My coworkers would say it also. They're like, how is it like six in the morning and you're like this and everything? And I'm like, oh, I'm not a morning person. But I was like, it's just like, I don't know. I'm excited to be here with them. But then you know, we've had customers come in and stuff like that and they would question if it was something I was doing like substance wise or just uh, question, like, you know, like yeah. that side of things. I'd like not to take like a dark turn and all this, but yeah. like that is upsetting because I don't want people to be like, Oh, like something's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Like as to why this is happening. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it is like, I'm just crazy. Like it's just, that's just <laughs> how it is. You know what I mean? It is sad so. how people have to question happiness and just a positive yeah. attitude. But Hey, it's good for you. Damn, yeah. thank you. I mean, <laughs> thank it's, you. Um, like contagious, your energy. Thank you so you much. Know? Yeah. Do you ever feel um, that because, you know, I don't know if you're aware, like you are, are known to be like this very positive oh, thank and you. <laughs> nice person. Do you ever feel like that is kind of a weight on your shoulders? I think that... sometimes. Yeah, I think the thing is, is like, I don't want to... Not that I won't open up to people. I feel like I'm a very open book as well, which is probably not always the best thing because I feel like I tell everybody everything. So, like, mm-hmm. my family jokes around. They're like, if there's a brick wall, like, I'll talk and make friends with the brick wall, like, <laughs> oh, like all the time and stuff like that. So I'm like, that is true. I would. I have some brick wall friends. It's fine. But <laughs> but I think uh, it can be sometimes because I don't want to 
I don't want it to seem like it's like an act that I put on. And so like, if I'm afraid that like, if I show up and I'm not super happy, people are going to be like, oh, he's been faking this, this whole, you know what I mean? Like, this is just like an act just because, you know, of how, like, how I think I'm supposed to act and stuff. But it's just like, I don't know. I think I'm more reserved with showing I guess not negative emotions, but what is qualified as like negative emotions mm-hmm. for that reason. Like, I don't want to come off as ingenuine with anything. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, I don't like to be around other people if I'm like super upset or like angry. Like, I'd rather deal with it by myself right. than like kind of drag other people in. And I think it's also partially because I feel like part of me is like, I don't want to burden people with what's going on because in the retrospect of things, like whatever is going on with me is not important to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's weird to say, cause it gets into that kind of weird gray territory of mm-hmm. everything. But I think the main thing is just like, I don't want to come off as ingenuine. And so I always try to, uh, you know, try to have that positive outlook mm-hmm. in public whenever I am. And if I do, you know, have any kind of crazy feelings going on, um, I kind of just deal with it my on my own kind of thing more so mm-hmm. than anything else that makes sense there's very much a question that a lot of people are dying to know the answer to yeah. <laughs> but um you were talking about how your family is like a big influence on you mm-hmm. how big of an influence were they for you for like specifically like music stuff yeah a whole lot it was funny because when i when i first got into that guitar hero game and stuff like that um I remember my mom and my dad were being like, oh, I remember listening to these songs growing up myself. And I remember, you know, they had introduced me to a lot of groups. I remember my mom is the biggest Elvis fan on the planet ever. Um, and it's funny because her name is Lisa Marie. So it's like Lisa Marie Presley and then Lisa Marie Taylor. It's funny. But um, biggest Elvis fan in the entire world. And so uh, she really loves Elvis. And so I got introduced to him uh, very young and had listened to his music growing up. And my dad is a big fan of a lot of classic rock bands as well. Mm-hmm. And so my mom and my dad, between both of them had showed me, you know, journey and kiss and Def Leppard and, uh, and Aerosmith and, and all these guys. So they kind of helped introduce me to the classic rock scene of things. Um, and from there it took off. And it was funny too, because I remember talking to my parents, friends, growing up and they were like you know who boston is and you know who journey is and i was like oh, i've been listening to these guys for years and they're like how old are you <laughs> i remember it being really funny because while everybody was listening to like you know miley cyrus and justin bieber i yeah. love them too but like i was i spent a lot of more time listening to journey and def leppard and aerosmith mm-hmm. and bon jovi and you know all those guys and stuff like that and i'll never forget it was funny because i had we had taken a um a CCD program, like a religious program growing up. Mm-hmm. And I had an orange folder and they were like, you can design whatever you want on it and everything. Um, and I tried to write every band I ever knew down on that folder. And I remember looking back and thinking like, Ooh, like I did have that in a church with me. And I remember having bands like lamb of God and like Pantera. And, and I was like, I don't know if they would appreciate <laughs> the same music taste that I have, but it, it was very funny in that aspect. It would, um, something that's like a very specific thing. So me personally, I have a memory from the first moment that I kind of discovered a band on my own, not mm-hmm. like a band that was like shown from me by like my parents or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have a band like that where it's like, it's like the first kind of like band or artist that you discovered and you were like, wow, I like you found it and you're like, wow, I love this. Like you, you want to start diving into that music more. Ooh, I think there definitely had to have been a lot growing up i think guitar hero definitely helped with that um but i think i don't know i'm trying to think back to like the earliest one that i could remember that i was like whoa i gotta listen to them um 
I don't know to tell you the truth. Because I just remember like almost fact checking everything. So like anytime I would like find a new song on Guitar Hero, I'd ask my parents to be like, oh, do you know them? And they'd be like, oh yeah, we used to listen to them, you know, for a while and stuff like that. I think it had to be out of the genre, if anything. I don't think it was the first, but it's the one I remember the earliest on. Middle school is when everything started changing. So like mm-hmm. elementary school, all rock music. That was basically what I listened to and stuff like that. Come middle school, things changed real fast. And then I started listening to really two streams of music, dubstep, EDM, <laughs> and rock and roll. And I, I so, had that phase too, dubstep. Yeah, right? And yeah. so I think the biggest ones I jumped into were Skrillex and Dead Mouse. And yeah, that's those, why those, are like, the, those yeah. are the two that I jumped into when I was big on them too. Right. And so I, I went really, really into their discographies and stuff. And I was like, whoa, these guys are awesome. And so I think that was kind of, I don't think it was the first, but it's the earliest I remember of like, kind of setting my own way musically and yeah. everything and being like, well, like I want to see what else is in here. And that's how I found Tiesto and how I found Avicii and how I found, you know, all the Martin Garrix and like all these guys and Steve Aoki um, all down that path. And it was so much fun because I remember that would shock people as well because they would be shocked from the rock and roll. And then as soon as I said dubstep, they're like, whoa, this is a weird <laughs> kid. And I was like, oh, it gets weirder. Don't worry. <laughs> Kept Are going. there any genres or just anything in general you haven't tapped into yet that you want to explore i think to go further down into the more reggae sound i really love i love calypso music i love reggae i think latin fusion i've been getting really into bossa nova recently and so i would love to go down that route with things i think to find more artists there would be really cool and i think listening to more modern rap as opposed to just older rap as well and everything um it's very cool because I feel like rap has almost had a shift where it was like early rap was a very big like rebellion kind of message to it, right? And so like the mm-hmm. music and the lyrics are very important. And I feel like today with everything going on, just like more than ever has been so lyrically intricate and everybody like has like a different story to tell. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool because it's just like a learning experience to kind of see. I don't think everybody appreciates it for that, which is unfortunate, but I think it it is very cool to see what everybody has to say and kind of their view of the world right. and everything. I'd love to see more of that because mm-hmm. I think it could ju- it really just helps me to understand more about what's going on. I think rap is a genre where you could really tell a story through it. Yes. Like I've heard some rap songs that are like a book, mm-hmm. you know, and and I think that's true for it can be true for all music, but rap in particular, you know, mm-hmm. but you definitely have to sort through like I feel like there's two different rap genres these days is like the trap rap yes. where it's just like <laughs> the same line over and over again on a beat and then on, on every upbeat it's like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but you could find some good good storytelling definitely no 100% yeah whenever I decide to do the rap album in the future mm-hmm. I apologize in advance <laughs> it's not, it's not... We, we need to see it but um if you want to get into reggae, you should get into uh, Damien Marley. Yeah, oh, the whole family. Cause, cause the whole he's, Marley he's family. actually my second cousin. Oh, my. That's incredible, too. I how like it's just isn't it amazing how like a, much of like a small world it is mm-hmm. and everything? Yeah. Like, who yeah. would think, right? Like, you know what I mean? But like, even just living here in Nazareth, just some of the people that we see show up and like and uh like the Andretti's that live right? like down yeah. the street. It's no, one hundred percent. How many famous people we have here, and it's like wow. Yeah, like, and the relation um, to it and stuff. It is. It's amazing. Who's the boxer? Larry, Larry Holmes. Holmes. Yes. Like, he lives, like, just, just over in Easton. Like, we see him, like, eating at restaurants, like, driving his cars around. Same with the Andretti's. And it's, like, mm-hmm. to think, like, 
it's like us because like for me it's like the andretti's like they live like literally just like a block and a half away yeah and it's like wow that's like one of the most famous race car drivers Mm -hmm. in the world and like i just see him like weekly and like to to like people who like don't see him like that they're Mm -hmm. like oh my god this is crazy but to (laughs) me i'm like i'm like oh he chose his red ferrari today instead of his orange one (laughs) exactly I'm i'm like oh he's driving his this lamborghini instead of that lamborghini like i'm not like oh it's mario andretti i'm more like oh that's his car of choice for today. No, 100%. You go to Wegmans and you're like, oh, it's Mario again. All right. Yeah, like, like, um, like, like we caught him at Duck Donuts one time on a National Donut oh, Day. That's the best donut. I'm glad that he goes there because that's, that's, yeah. that's a good yeah. pick. I'm glad. Yeah. That's good. I always think, like, I'll hear interviews with, like, famous people and talking about their upbringing. So many people are from Pennsylvania. Yeah. The Philly area of Pennsylvania. Like, they're always like, yeah, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. And I'm like... What about Pennsylvania? It's just brewing and growing all these. I mean, I feel like it's a pretty good area. I feel I feel like Eastern Pennsylvania is a good area. Yeah. Like overall, like there's there's some there's some iffy places here and there, but like overall, like Eastern Pennsylvania, yeah. I feel like it's a very like well-rounded, like good area to like kind of grow and experience a lot of stuff That's for true. both both art, music, mm-hmm. just regular living. I do enjoy our location. It's. We're, we're close yeah. to the ocean, close to New York City, close to Philly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got farms in like Lancaster. Yeah. We got like close to airports. Yeah, close to yeah. airports. Yeah. We, close to travel and stuff like that. Yeah, like we're like right in the middle of everything. Yes. We're like, like what? All the amusement parks are like pretty close. We have like was it Knobles? Yeah. We have yeah. um, like Six Flags. We have close Do- to the Park. Factory. Close to the Crayola Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Not a sponsor yet, unfortunately. We're right next. To, like me specifically, I'm literally like. A block from the Martin Guitar like yep. building center. No, it's true. And there's like, people there all the time. It's yeah, crazy. Like, like it's it's so weird to think that like people will travel the country that like play mm-hmm. guitar to take a tour of the Martin Guitar facility. I'm like Yeah. I'm like me living right next to it for the last like 17, 18 years, I'm like, what's the big deal? <laughs> no, right? It puts it into perspective because it's like, wow. And it's funny too because I feel like even when we talk about Nazareth outside of Nazareth, especially when I was up at Penn State and everything, it was funny because it was a lot of kids met me and they're like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, PA. And they were like, oh, Philly. And I was like, no, I'm in Nazareth. And I always got the same thing. It was always like, oh. And like, that, that was kind of it. Like the conversation ended. And I was like, oh, like Martin Guitar or Mario Andretti, stuff like that. And then it was like, oh, that's pretty cool and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, yeah, you know, our north of Philly kind of stuff. But um, whenever you meet somebody that uh, that knows the area, it's always funny too because they're like, "Oh, Nazareth," and I'm like, "This is crazy." I feel like if, <laughs> if you if you go out of the state somewhere mm-hmm. and you find somebody that knows of Nazareth, mm-hmm. that like ninety percent chance they've lived somewhere in like the Lehigh Valley around the area, and that's how they know Nazareth. Yes. If they haven't lived here, I feel like they've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. And it makes me wonder what other cities are out there, just across the right, country, right, yeah. that are yeah. like this, that I'm like, man, how much am I missing out on? Like, it's, yeah. it's funny when you're talking to people who don't know. Like, when I was living in California and people would be like, oh, you're from PA, it's either I have to say Pittsburgh or Philly, or they have no idea where I'm talking about. Yep. So it's always, like, in relation to those places. I'm like an hour and a half from uh Philly and like right on the border of New Jersey, you know. Right. And the same thing with I lived in a very small town in um, California, mm-hmm. and when you think California, you think of like San Diego, LA, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm like, okay, I was like an hour from Sacramento, I was like an hour <laughs> from South Lake Tahoe. <laughs> very funny no it's true it's, it's like if we lived in Conshohocken, pa like mm-hmm. different story <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> completely you know it's like oh man before we get into uh get too much farther i'm gonna use the bathroom okay so i got
Alright, we're back. We just took a little bathroom break, but we're back. Just looking um, towards the future. <laughs> overall, what are what are your goals? What are your dreams? Anything you want to accomplish near, far? Yeah, uh, I think... I guess from a work standpoint, is just to keep learning as much as I can every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to move up within the company and everything. And I know, you know, in time, it'll, it'll kind of mm-hmm. happen and stuff like that. But I love being able to understand this kind of behind the scenes view of everything there with Crayola mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, I just want to keep working at that. And I keep wanting, I want to keep giving my best that I can to the company and everything. Um, they are amazing and I'm, I'm very lucky to work for them. And I think, uh, you know, I kind of want to like, it's not really like pay them back. It's like a weird like thing, but you got, you guys know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but like, I just want to like do the best I can Absolutely. within my yeah. job every day. Mm-hmm. Um, on a music standpoint, I guess really it's just kind of, uh, it just keep playing. I never want to give that up. So I always want to keep releasing albums and I keep wanting to, you know, collaborate with people and hopefully find, yeah. you know, more local shows to kind of, uh, to kind of expand my horizons that way. Um, and really just meet as many people as, mm-hmm. as possible and yeah. everything. I think it'd be so much fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I think those are really my two main focuses mm-hmm. with everything is just kind of like bettering myself every day so I can, I don't know, just so I can have more fun. Not that I'm not having fun now, but like just, uh, you know, keep building on it and keep having more fun with yeah. everything. I think yeah. it'd be a good time. I think one of our uh, goals or hopes for this podcast is for local musicians to get in touch with other musicians, you know, have uh, yeah. their stories heard, connect, you know, a way to connect. So, yeah, it's been great hearing your story and you're such an interesting person. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank been, you very much. Yeah. It's been great having you on. And, um, before we wrap this up, is there anything that you have upcoming, any music coming out, anything that you would want to like kind of advertise for yourself before yeah. we wrap this up? Um, I get, well, I do have the new album that I'm working on currently, uh, The Rose Garden, which is coming out, which is going to be a very kind of, uh, the last couple albums I've been scoring for an orchestra, so I've been doing kind of full like orchestral score mm-hmm. stuff for everything. Um, the last album I had done that, and it was a very Greek mythology kind of storytelling album. It was uh, The Castle in the Sky. Uh, but I wrote it in French, so it was La Chateau de Chiel, I believe. Uh, excuse my pronunciation. But then uh, the new one, The Rose Garden, is going to be like another orchestral kind of album and everything. And uh, I have that coming out hopefully soon. All my music is at, uh, is at a band camp. So to find me there is just christellerico.bandcamp.com. Uh, please don't listen to any songs I sing on. I am not a singer, <laughs> but that is a story for another day. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's where I kind of have all my music there and I think is... Uh, kind of my biggest thing to look forward to and then and veg talk we're almost back to august so we're gonna be yeah. cycling around again so i yeah, can't I'm wait excited to, for that. Uh, to do that but yeah no it'll be a lot of fun yeah all right so we'll wrap this up yep you ready yep all right see everybody <laughs>